From CNA Medical Allies, this is Medical Cost Boss, where we share how to take charge of medical costs like a boss. I'm your host, Gabe Capone. Today's episode, Compassionate Care. I spoke with Kathy Friedland a nurse practitioner who works with Ascend Health. They provide home health care, palliative care, and hospice care to those diagnosed and living with serious illnesses. Hear about the many roles she plays to always put the patient first. What sort of training is required to become a nurse practitioner? To become a nurse practitioner starts as me uh, being a diploma nurse. Other people take different avenues as an LPN or an RN. So the difference is in years and training. Uh, Example, an RN could be two or four years. As a nurse practitioner, I have the four years included with my BSN, and I went further for a specialty in family practice for my nurse practitioner. To become a nurse practitioner is more advanced level with more responsibilities And that's where we were able to become providers. We can be a patient's own doctor, so to speak, and provide care, diagnosis, medications, prescribing, ordering x-rays, imaging, um, ordering specialty consults to say like pulmonary or say you need a cardio appointment. So we can be kind of one and all. What is then the difference between a nurse practitioner and an and RN? A, a, yeah, an RN. And an RN. Yeah. So for an RN, the, the similarities to start with, we both take licensings. Okay. We have to take that test. Uh, mine is good for five years, but it maintained to have that. I have to have so many work hours as well as educational credits. The nurse has to have so many as well for two years. Mm. So we have a little bit more involved in the educational aspect to keep up to date, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, the RNs really are in the role of... Uh, hands-on as an MP with me doing home visits or visits in a nursing home. I don't do hands-on care. I'm at the level that I am Got it. ordering and monitoring and recommending. And are you uh, more similar to a physician than a registered nurse? Yes, okay. because of all the, the uh, things that I'm allowed to do. Yeah. Uh, but of course, the biggest difference is their education and their expertise. So a lot of times that's why nurse practitioners tend to work hand-in-hand with doctors and groups, as I said before. Got it. And you're working with patients, Mm -hmm. claimants, right? And And their families. And their families. And and are you also working with the insurance companies as well? I do billing at the end of my charting. I have to do a level of care. Or if there's prolonged care, there's certain billing codes that are necessary. Uh, Then, you know, through our coders or our you know, billing people that they're checking what we're, you know, checking and making sure we've hit all the buttons that need to be for that visit to make it the level of care that it is. So, yes, I do my own, you know, have to do my own billing, so to speak. And at that level, are you also able to provide recommendations to these patients about where to get the care? That's what the goal is with the goal with the nurse practitioner is to ease what is palliative care, I guess, if you Mm -hmm. go back to that. It can be started with diagnosis by the doctor in an office and getting a script to us, us meaning Ascend Hospice and Palliative that I work for. And with that palliative visit, my first visit is the history and physical. I do the med check. I do, I read all the labs, the x-rays. I get, you know, like a doctor visit. I kind of call us like an extra set of eyes. And then with that, seeing someone in their home, I think you find out so many more needs from a psychosocial, spiritual, holistic. 
So I would say the MPs are a little bit holistically based on the whole picture of the patient and what is needed then. So with that palliative in that visit, I'm then going with uh, a plan of care that comes into the diagnoses that I'm seeing them for, their chronic illnesses, CHF, Parkinson's, you know, some of the reasons that were there, and working with that with the families. Recommendations will come, do you need a social worker? Do you need physical therapy? Um, can I get meals on wheels for you? Like, what are those kinds of things? Um, also, we can, you know, have uh, family meetings if needed. And then a big goal also is to be keeping an eye on them to transition and if they're going to have that prognosis that is prolonged with an endpoint that is not going to be survivable, when do they need hospice? So you have a lot of roles, it sounds a like. Lot a, lot, a lot of stuff a lot of that hats. you're doing, and it's, it sounds like you're pretty heavily involved in the patient's care from the beginning and through for as long as they would need it for, correct? Exactly. So that's interesting that uh, it is it is a nurse maybe at one level, but then it becomes this sort of supersized level of care where you are also uh, working with their family, yes. working with their caregivers, with making, their physicians, with their physicians yes. and coordinating and making sure that they're getting the best possible care. It's like a co-manage with the doctor. Yeah. So my notes are facts to the doctors involved mm. that I'm seeing or who recommended to us and their specialties, their specialists actually. So everybody's on the same page. Five questions I'm calling that doctor, um, you know, to let them know there's a change or there's a concern or I made a recommendation for a medication. You know, the doctors work very well with us. Like, they appreciate that because if the patient's only coming in every month, two or three months, I'm there every few weeks, like weekly in the beginning when they're admitted, and then it can space out depending on need. So it's like another set of eyes watching You know, the quick, especially like an exacerbation of a COPD, someone with lung conditions, they call me, I have a cold. You go over, let's get the plan in place that keeps you out of the hospital. What are the symptoms to worry about? Make that phone call to the doctor or me. What are your meds right now? Are you using them appropriately and correctly? So there's so many things I think we intervene earlier that helps the physician in their care too. Mm. That's really interesting because they think that it sounds like you're an ally to these patients in a lot of ways because you're working with them and from the beginning and throughout the process. And correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I generally understand about getting care, um, if you're a patient, you go in and you see the physician, but you may not see that physician again for another year. The nurse practitioner is the one who is going to be following you along this process, making sure you're staying on treatment, Mm -hmm. making sure you're adhering, compliant making sure that you're getting in the, the right care at the right place, the right, right. time. Are uh, your labs do is, you know, are you running yeah. out of meds? What are the what are the obstacles that are keeping you from be feeling the best that you can and okay. your quality of life? And so let me ask you this then. If a, if this patient that you are working with on a regular basis and in a lot of ways partnering with, and they say, okay, I've received, I'm receiving bills, my medical bills, for example, uh, do they reach out to you and say, well, how am I supposed to pay for that? How do I take care of that? Do You, you mean that's it? on my, my yeah. from my standpoint? Yeah. Uh, I would be calling our director, medical director, and giving okay. a copy of the bill to them. And they then, they're very quick yeah. to answer these things. Like okay. the group I work with is very about the patient and the correct and the right thing and that they resolve it. And very quickly, it's not pushed to the back like, Right. You know, you're waiting for a phone call three weeks later and having to track us down again. They're calling me. And then, you know, I haven't heard anything. I'll make a phone call. So the communication with the send is amazing mm. as far as, you know, resolving any issues or needs come up and getting those needs addressed. 
Sounds really efficient. It and, is. And it sounds like you're actually, you know, really helping these patients. Do the does it typically happen where the the patient would fa- flag some sort of issue to you, or are you bringing it up to them and saying, you know, this is the type of care that you need, or this is what you need? You to mean happen like next. if I'm seeing a change in their yes. yeah? Yeah. Usually, that work? it's. Um, I always like to start with where do you think you are, and what do you know of your illness now. What did the doctor say? You know, what is their, where they are at this moment? What do mm. they understand? What did the doctor say about where are you going? When do they want to see you again? Right. Uh, so a lot of times it circles to putting that all together for them. So if I'm seeing changes, like say I had somebody that was having some shortness of breath and I'm hearing crackles, you need an antibiotic, whatever. I'm calling the doc and saying, hey, this is where we're at. Because if I wasn't, say, there... Maybe they wouldn't call, they wouldn't get in, and now this something simpler to address might turn into that pneumonia that requires a hospitalization. So a lot of times I think patients call us pretty quickly, or I might say, yeah, let me get you into the docs, you know, and then I'll be making that phone call because I think sometimes coming from the caregiver as me, it's easier, it's my world, it's not their world, the medical lingo, the talk, what to say, how to get the help. So I think that's where we're instrumental in helping that way. I could see how that would foster a positive relationship. Yeah, it, it does. They would probably rely on you in a lot of ways, right? And uh, I see it too as patients um, are probably more hesitant to reach out to their physician, but probably not as reluctant to reach out to someone like you. I would say yes. Yeah. It, depending on the office, a lot of times it's what's the way the office is run. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's my world. I can call and right. say, I need the doc, I need this and that, where... You know, maybe the patient isn't feeling as strong about being that way when they would call or making their needs known or, you know, they said they'll see me in three weeks. I'm like, oh, no, that's not going to work. Let me call. Okay. You know, so a lot of times it's helpful. feel like I'm patient first. It's it's not supposed to be about me or what our needs are. It's what do they need and what is it going to be that I can do to help. Thank you to my guest, Kathy Friedland. If you'd like to learn more about Ascend Health, please visit AscendHealth.com. That's A-S-C-E-N-D-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com. If you'd like to hear more episodes of Medical Cost Boss, please visit MedicalCostBoss.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, remember, your health is your priority.